All right, are we both recording? Oh, I'm recording, but my phone's not muted. You gotta have those phones muted on the island. You don't even get a cell phone on the island. You don't know that. <laughs> what if they all have cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <sighs> Welcome. We're on the island. Your premier podcast talking about islands and traveling and all the things you can do on an island, the things you can eat on an island, the animals you could see on an island, the climate you can enjoy, and, of course, the three things you would bring. I'd probably bring a big old bag of my family's turkey jerky and my Bible and, I don't know, some other ambiguous item that doesn't really matter. <laughs> they say I the Bible is the best thing to bring because it's like cheating as far as books because normally you could say, oh, well, I, I would bring this Harry Potter book, but the Bible is a bunch of books. So you're, you're sort of skirting the question a little bit. <laughs> you have 66 in one. <laughs> Speaking of skirting questions, one of my favorite players got to skirt a question, and I'll bring it up later about how it made me feel. I'm excited. <laughs> you're excited about that specific moment in this week's episode of Survivor Ghost Island Season 36? Yeah. It was that one of the was, best moments of the season because it made me feel better. That was my attempt at the most unseamless possible plug of the title of the show that we talk about every week. And I guess we'll talk about it again. For sure. But I should probably introduce us first. <laughs> I like that. I like people knowing who we are. Well, Ty, when you're a big athletic guy and charismatic like I am, I won't lie to you. It's exhausting. <laughs> Well, that's all right, because maybe I'm as fantastic as I think. I'm playing an A-plus game. <laughs> Even a little better than you thought you were, huh? Yep. Anyway, I'm Taylor Gaines, and I'm not sure he fully understands what's going on in his own head. He's an angel in a devil's body. It's Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> I'm an angel in a devil's body? I don't have <laughs> the devil in an angel's body? I don't get the royal uh, Libby treatment? That's okay. Yeah, it's Tyler B. Commons, and I'm here, and I apologize if I have morning voice, because it's the morning. I literally woke morning. up like 10 minutes ago. It's so a, It's a good, good Friday, and neither of us are at our normal jobs. So we're here to do our favorite job, talking about Survivor. And you know what? It never feels like a job. No, it's a pleasure. I, I literally look forward to it all week. You know, Talking like, about Survivor <laughs> is like going to a resort after you've been in a slum. <laughs> the slum of the work week and then you get to go home and just enjoy little squalor things we've been in. The, you wouldn't believe the squalor we've been in god he's the worst we didn't oh, even man. get coffee <laughs> at the other place we gotta talk about it but i'm uh, i'm i'm two shades of pissed off i okay. feel like we had such a good thing going with the producers this year i i promised myself i wouldn't talk about the edit that much but and maybe you can argue against me and make me feel better, but I just hate these audience blindsides where they pretend like, oh, the decision's all on Angela. Whatever Angela does is what's going to happen. It's either going to be James or Desi. And then when it comes down to the vote, straight up four to one James. And <laughs> there was never even really a question, apparently. So I, I just, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I think from a strategic level, I just hated the presentation of it, especially with the setup that we had. It seemed like it was going to be more interesting. Yeah, but you have to remember that there was no idols in play. There was no 
there was a another tribal reshuffling. It just it had to happen. I was cheering for James to stay and the tribe try to stay physically strong, but sending him home, you can't say it was a bad decision. You know, it didn't seem like he had really any alliance out there. He was just kind of a, he was a floater. So the fact that he went home, I liked that, and we've talked about this, it's kind of sticking to a line. We're not getting blindsides that aren't blindsides, even though James thinks it happened. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, I think he just didn't think Michael would flip because they were kind of the only original Malolos or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, Navidi has been so strong. They'd never wavered once during all the Bradley Kellen votes against Michael and co. Mm-hmm. Poor Michael, by the way. Oh, my God. Tribal again. How, how much does this guy have to go through? I just feel bad for the guy because he's he seems like he's a good player and he's a victim of circumstance. We always talk about that when not merges, when reshuffling happens that, you know, people get screwed over by the shuffle. And Michael is like the picture perfect front runner model for what that means that means he just stands out front and he's like well i'm in trouble i've not done anything to be in trouble but i'm in trouble but somehow he keeps on squeaking by and he's personable and he's strong so i think we're gonna have to get to the merge fairly quickly they don't wait all the way down to like 10 players right it's normally 12 or something so i'm right but i think we're at 14 right now we're 14 because it was three tribes of five so i the, Mm. the thing about michael and the james vote that i was just talking about is that we have to remember he did vote for James before, so they weren't the tightest mm-hmm. of alliances. And as Fishback, Stephen Fishback pointed out in his weekly column, which I think is just excellent. Again, he he does a, a great job of putting you in the mindset of the people who are out there and sort of what mm-hmm. the best moves are. And I'll talk a little more about his piece in a second because his analysis of Angela's psyche I thought was really enlightening. But he pointed out if you're on the bottom... It always makes sense to vote with the majority when you can, which I Mm -hmm. suppose was Michael's eventual thinking that he realized Angela wasn't going to flip and just went with it. So like you said, hopefully he'll just find a way, man. But the thing we should talk about is Angela before we get into James exiting. Okay. And I, I thought this was a strange episode for her pitting her against her own original tribe which I really love James's note that uh, are random, by the way, to begin with. I feel like no one ever calls out the BS of the tribe loyalty thing. But mm-hmm. anyway, she obviously was feeling backstabbed. I guess two shades of pissed off wasn't enough to have her completely flip. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about this when she said that. Have you seen the Fifty Shades of whatever movies or, or any of them? I have neither seen nor read any of them. Uh, I've heard the books are literary tragedies, but <laughs> the uh, the movies, which I unfortunately have not seen either. I, the third one came out recently, and there were all these articles mm. about it, and there were these pieces I was reading about the first movie and how it was like, quote unquote, amazingly bad or whatever. And <laughs> there was a reference in the article to a line in it, and I was like, I think this author's making this up. Like this is there's no way this line's in the movie. So I go on YouTube and I look it up and there's this scene where the main guy who I guess is this weird fetishy guy who's trying to hook up with a journalist or something. I don't really know what the movie's about. But yeah, she's talking to him and he's 
it's like a dark room and he's facing a window and oh no she says why won't you open up to me and i forget the exact words before the big line but he's basically just like i just don't want to talk about it and and she keeps like pressuring him and pressuring him and then she says why why won't you or whatever and he turns to the window (laughs) and the the camera shows him from behind and he goes because i'm 50 shades of fucked up (laughs) (laughs) i don't not seeing the movie i don't understand the reference but uh he's got some demons that's what it sounds like he's got some things in the closet i just couldn't is that how you feel about angela i just couldn't believe that was an actual line in a movie anyway Mm. angela i felt like was in a position where it appeared to be a decision between her original tribe and her quote-unquote saviors and at first blush it seemed like you have to keep this tribe strong because whoever's on it it loses every time and Mm. Maybe you vote out one of the girls to ensure you might not go to tribal again. But she also was between a rock and a hard place because there's so many Navidis. Like every single tribe was 3-2 Navidi. Right. That if she flipped on her original tribe, she would have been just as screwed. So I think it ended up making sense to do what she did, even if it was sort of emotionally driven, which I'll dive more into in a second. But I mean, did you think it was the right call? What what would you have done there? See, that was the um, when I was watching it. I always have these dream scenarios and situations in my head where she was the one that went home because she's she's kind of got this vibe about her that is kind of lost and kind of annoying and kind of a little whiny. You know, that's what she's being portrayed as, and I would have liked to see her go home. I wish that be nicer she to Angela. I know, I will be. Me and Sunday became friends, and I trashed her for a whole season. So <laughs> so I wish that she would have flipped, because right now, that would have meant they could have wiped out all three of those Navidi, and she would no longer co- sort of be under the banner of Navidi. And then we get to emerge at 6'6", six, six, or 6'7", six, even, with you know the six original Navidi from the other two tribes, the six Malolo, and then she would have been you know the swing vote. That would have been a fun way to have it go. I, I can understand her sticking with her tribe, but it's never... I don't think it's good to stick with your tribe when you're on bottom. Maybe it's because I'm not out there, like you said. Fishback's article kind of points it. If you're on bottom, vote with a majority. But I don't but, know that that's her best decision. And I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but I thought the insight he had into Angela was really smart. He talked about how... Survivor strategy is always very situational and personal. And mm-hmm. the fatigue and paranoia and physical collapse that wears contestants down, it leads to them making strategic decisions based on deep-seated insecurities. The line he had was, Nerdy players target the jocks that bullied them in high school. Former college athletes dulled by office life are frantic to recapture their former glory. <laughs> Angela's visceral imagery... Her family slit her throat, she said. Shows how deeply she felt the betrayal, like her blood was pouring out of her. Like many people who have been backstabbed or throat slit, what Angela seems to want even more than revenge is to heal the wound. She wants to undo the betrayal and go back to a simpler time when she was a part of the Navidi family. I mean, pain runs deep, and I guess it's running deep for her. I just wish that instead of trying to heal it in the way she did... 
maybe she would have healed it and flipped. I don't have I don't have quite the psychological introspection. I just thought that made me appreciate the decision a little more where she's coming from because the, she's been presented sort of sporadically throughout the mm-hmm. season. But we got a lot of good emotional stuff from her and James and even Desi this week with her silent tears to the point where I realized I was going to feel kind of bad again with whoever went home, which is good. And my my theory, I I don't know what you're thinking about this. Like, remember last season when they cast two people who knew each other and they cast JP, who was just the worst. Mm-hmm. My theory is that they actually fired some casting people and got a new crew in there who did a much better job. Although, I guess this was filmed right after or even before, maybe. So maybe that's a dumb theory, but... <laughs> I don't, like either way casting did a lot better this time I think because editing hasn't even had to work that hard to create compelling characters like mm-hmm. we've got Sebastian and Chris and Bradley gosh like just off the top of my head I mean there's Michael obviously has been compelling in a different way it's just been like a very entertaining group and I I am looking forward to them all just being together yeah well I mean one of the things that Gosh, was it Stephanie before she went home? She'd been kind of talking to casting for like two or three seasons now, and they were just waiting for her season to come up. So I wonder if they kind of knew they just had some dud players, so they threw them all out like last season, and then they were like, okay, now we've got real players. Now we've got people with personality. we got quirky people. We've got people that you're going to love to hate, people that you're going to hate to love. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if maybe they just got rid of a bunch of... Th- throwaways that they had said yes to the last two seasons or something and then this season they were like okay these people are gonna alienate people you know talking about chris and dominic these people are gonna alienate the viewers talking about bradley these people are gonna make you love them talking about sebastian you know we get all these different characters out here on the island that they fill roles and every single person has a role to fill in this season i feel like except for maybe chelsea but you know we got to see her smash her face this week so oh my god fine excitement Daniel Feinberg's Hollywood Reporter description of Chelsea just made me laugh so hard. He said, uh, Chelsea still seems like an abstraction who cries when she drinks coffee. (laughs) An abstraction. (laughs) I I laughed at that. I did feel bad. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be out there without creature comforts for two weeks. Maybe a cup of coffee would make me cry. Probably not coffee. I don't drink coffee. No more training wheels, Ty. It's time to get dirty. Let's talk about James. One of my favorites in the preseason had a terrible week in the premiere, couldn't swim lower than a couple feet, turned it around for a little bit, orchestrated the Morgan vote out, which was pretty big at the time, was the first crack of the Navidi, really. Now he is voted out sixth, so 15th Mm -hmm. place for him, and uh, (laughs) he was one of my final three predictions, so bummer, but um, I I thought he was a good player who needed more time i i think he had potential but i don't think he would have won this season in any reality anyway no and i he was too methodical and robotic in like you can't be a friend with the robot yet you know ai is not there but um <laughs> that was a weird side tangent um he just didn't have a personality that meshed with with people you could even watch him when everyone's standing on, you know, their mats and they have the reshuffle this week. He's looking around, not like, 
oh, by person, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's literally just looking at them trying to compute how this is going to work, how this is going to run, how strong the new Yanuya uh, tribe is, which is ridiculously strong. But he's just sitting there, and he's he doesn't have emotion. He doesn't show emotion. He's not, Every conversation with Michael they showed that he had this week, he was just kind of, like, staring at him with a blank a blank stare saying, oh, yes, that could work, or, oh, no, that won't work. It was almost sort of, it almost feels arrogant, even though I don't think arrogance is what he has. He's just so standoffish and so, (sighs) he's so difficult to, to judge what he's thinking and how he's thinking because he's so disciplined. He's ridiculously disciplined. And, you know, maybe that comes from living on his own since 16 and moving to a country, but he just- Inspirational. it's inspirational in a way his story is inspirational but like once you meet the guy i feel like even though he's like ridiculously intelligent obviously very athletic to go play division one track he just doesn't have that like he doesn't show any vulnerability and i think people like to be shown vulnerability when you're making friendships with them you know if you just pretend everything's going well or you pretend that you're not phased by any situations in front of you it just it seems abrasive and it seems kind of awkward um no, and no, i think he, he came across as much more earnest to me than i feel like you're talking about like i feel like you're describing bradley right now with the words that you're saying but okay. like james took ownership for his bad performance in that one swimming challenge and mm-hmm. i felt like the way Angela talked about him gave me more respect for him too. She said that they had a lot of really good deep conversations and I don't know. He just came across as very heartfelt to me, even if he was a little awkward. I think that's how I would describe it. And I I thought he fit well into the season long theme of like growth and uh, increased emotional intelligence. Like Mm -hmm. we've had throughout and even like some of the post quotes here with, Probe saying that he worked hard to create personal relationships. He stood up and accepted blame for things and tried to build bonds that would allow him to recover. Very few people will know how much he grew, but he knows. And he he talked about, uh, I would have never met someone like Donathan or Angela if it were not for Survivor. And I think I left the game having built some deep personal bonds that helped me strategically, but also emotionally and personally. And that's a facet that I will forever be proud of. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I... I just, I liked him. Yeah. I don't know. Even even the quote you just read, just looking at it, I could see him just kind of staring at a camera stone-faced saying, uh, I really appreciate the new facets of these relationships that I discovered. You know, like, it's, it, to me, it just felt like he wasn't comfortable in his own skin enough to break out of, like, the exterior wall that you put up when you first meet people i felt like he was still in that day one day two mode of like who am i how do i fit in how do i get along with these people and it just seemed to me like he was very calculating and methodical and robotic in the way he thought about and went about his game so that was just that was just what i felt from what we got to see i could totally be wrong (laughs) i still i still feel like you're describing bradley (laughs) no bradley Bradley's obviously emotional, even if his only emotion is whiny, but like, Hmm. he just seems like a person who you can, I feel like if you put them up, (laughs) let's say you're, you're trying to pick out the criminal in a prison lineup, Bradley's gonna cringe or like twitch or do something. James is gonna stare into your soul. Like, (laughs) like you don't, 
You're not going to be able to get a read on him in any way. He's going to be stone-faced and he's going to look at you and you're going to <laughs> be like... Now all I want is for you to meet James. I just want to like <laughs> watch you interact. That's all I want. Uh, yeah. A couple of interesting notes from his interviews. Um, they all thought Kellen should do the challenge, but Desi was very adamant that she wanted to step up to the plate. Yeah, she blew it. And then uh, <laughs> he said his Harvard track teammates have been making fun of him saying maybe you're fast on land but buddy you got to take some diving lessons <laughs> and he did say he actually tr- had a friend who was a varsity columbia swimmer train him and he got a pretty good level of freestyle sprinting and diving down about 12 or 13 feet in a pool but the adrenaline and trying to go feet down first was just not a good idea when there are strong currents in the ocean blah 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 and uh probes I, I didn't catch this in the preseason apparently said that james had the all-time survivor iq record that doesn't surprise me. I hope for his uh, Columbia swimmer friend's sake, he didn't mention them by name because he just made him look like a terrible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did not mention him by name. So fortunately, I guess. Moving on, I, I, I think it took us a little longer to get to this point than usual. A couple other things to talk about from this week. There are new tribes. Uh, yeah. Potentially too many swaps so far. I think there's a good argument to be made that people have no idea what the alliances Mm -hmm. and lines are but the tribe we've talked about at length uh which is now called malolo is desi angela james kellen and michael obviously no longer james the original or the navidi purple is now donathan bradley chelsea dom and libby and the green tribe yanuvia is sebastian wendell jenna chris and laurel and like you said green tribe extremely strong I don't know. Hard to see them losing. Yeah, I don't see them losing any sort of physical challenge. Or even, I mean, today wasn't a physical challenge, really in the strictest sense of the terms. And they still had to come from behind, well, do really well even after Wendell, after Wendell left that bag. So Libby did they, take one in the chin. James took one in the nuts. Michael broke his shins. Chelsea hit one in the nose. <laughs> it was pretty physical. It was physical, but it wasn't like... It wasn't raw strength. It wasn't like, well, you know, they weren't swimming a race against each other. They weren't lifting a box up over anything. They weren't. So it was physical, but it, w- it wasn't actually physical. Being physically now, strong didn't speed the process up in any of these because quick no question, one could see what they were doing. Quick question on the challenge. Do you think having an, uh, what, is, what was essentially a three-person challenge is too much pressure and responsibility in a tribe setting? No, I... I really like these challenges. I like the blind pick challenge in the sense of, is it a three-person challenge? Yes, it's a three-person challenge, but somebody steps up and wants to be the leader. You know, like we've been saying, Desiree wanted that and she wanted it bad. And she's she kept saying, in even in the show, she's like, I wanted this to be my moment. I wanted this to be my thing. And she fell flat on her face. I don't have a problem with it being a three-person thing. I kind of like... I kind of like the aspect and the pressure that that puts on certain people. You could get to the game calling people out. You could make an argument for that. But I don't know. I just like these. Maybe I'm blinded because I like these challenges. Do you think it's too much? Do you think it's too much to put on the shoulders of just one tribe mate? I don't love it. I think there just needs to be a little more element of someone else having responsibility. Mm -hmm. But it was an entertaining challenge. I wouldn't fault it. It was one of the best challenges entertainment-wise the whole season, so... It's fine. Yeah. I mean, they do a lot of stuff that's unfair to the players with tribe swaps and idols. And it's just sort of happens, I guess. I, 
overall, what? I'm okay with it, but I I would be upset, I think, if I was, like, one of the people who got screwed by it. Yeah, but I do feel like they generally do one of those puzzles and they take their blindfolds off, you know, when they yeah, finish that's what I Yeah, that's what I would say, yeah. The, uh, the blind running around, the blind leading the blind, and you have a collar and all that stuff. After that, the puzzle normally isn't the collar still telling blindfolded people what to do so that was a new twist that even when i was watching it, i was like oh this is kind of weird you know i thought two people were going to be able to rip it off and work on the puzzle which may have taken it out of the hands of it being a 1v1v1 worst moment of desi's life worst she had no sean moreno tears if you, <laughs> if you don't get that reference google no sean moreno tears and you'll totally no sean spelled k-n-o-w-s-h-o-n right i Look that up I don't remember exactly how he spells okay. his name because he's been who, irrelevant. Who do you think said this quote? Anytime you switch too often, you run the risk of confusing the audience. Uh, Daniel Feinberg. Jeff Probst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he said that. And Excuse I think me? he said it kind of uh, ignorantly because I think they confuse the audience. I saw a lot of people on Twitter like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Mm-hmm. And... I'm curious to hear what you think. I was fine with it, but only because we follow it so closely that it was easier to keep right. up. Do you think this is too many tribe swaps? My gut instant reaction is yes. But with the way Malolo has been just getting steamrolled after steamrolled. Well, that's it was the other just, thing. We it were going like to get to the merge to do and a no tribe swap in order to help Malolo and... <laughs> the way it went out was three two three two three two, and it's like God. The, I could just see the producers like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still, I don't know. That could be a bummer, but it like it had to happen. It had to happen. You couldn't have the rest of the season up until the merge, which is two or three more episodes from that. This tribe swap, where Navidi just continues to steamroll Malolo. Malolo keeps sending people home, and then in the end of the game, you're gonna have ten because it was ten and ten this season. Or was it 8 and 8? Yeah, it was 10 and 10. You couldn't just continue to have a final 10 being 9 Navidi and 1 Malolo. You know, like that's just not, it's not good TV and it doesn't feel fair. This gives that maybe a fake sense of fairness, but I don't. They're just trying to mix it up so much that people just start breaking, I guess. Yeah, I would hope so. This Navidi is weirdly strong so far. Two more questions before we get to the power rankings. First, do you think Ghost Island is coming back? Ghost Island, what is that? <laughs> no mention <laughs> yeah. of it this week. Uh, None. Pro- Probst did say it was, it'll was it be there till the end, but kind of a weird absence. And mm-hmm. my other question, tell me what your favorite quote was. I'm gonna give you a, I'm going to give you a couple of choices. Oh, Number okay. one, I look at myself being an entrepreneur, you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Number two, well, yeah, uh, I played some beach volleyball in Coco a couple years ago. Uh, number three, which I said before, when you're a big athletic guy and charismatic like I am, I won't lie to you. It's exhausting. And number four, for some crazy reason, people think that models might be self-absorbed. They might be dumb. Just a lot of things that might not be beneficiary in a tribe setting. Okay, so the last one's not fair because I just grew up on Zoolander. Like, anytime we were on a car ride, I watched Zoolander. So that's not fair. I'm throwing that one out. Sorry. Um, because... <laughs> Because immediately I want to pick it, but I think that's because I'm so biased. <laughs> I think his uh, his beach volleyball story was ridiculous. Because who was it? Underrated, Se- definitely. Sebastian? Or who was talking about? Oh, no, Laurel was talking about volleyball. And he's like, I play beach volleyball. Like, 
That's not the same thing. In no world is that the same thing. I get it. It's like the same sport conceptually, but you can't be like, oh, yeah, me and my friends sometimes play volleyball on a beach non-competitively for fun. Like, that's not even close to the same thing as collegiate-level volleyball or Sebastian's lifestyle, which is just beach volleyball. You know, it's it was someone fishing for common ground. Um, I don't know if he consciously was fishing for common ground, but it just it didn't his, stack up. That his was human side, my favorite. His human side is fascinating. All of those are Chris quotes, obviously, if you didn't pick up on it. I, I'm torn between I look at myself be, being an entrepreneur, and uh, <laughs> it's exhausting being an athletic, charismatic guy, uh-huh. but... I, and I didn't even include Bradley in the in my question there, and he had some good quotes too, with the squalor and the slum and the <laughs> I'm fantastic and I give myself an A plus and all. Oh my god, just I love every season should have just twenty overconfident people, and it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, Chris, despite his great quotes, did not make my power rankings. Let's get into that. Who is in your power rankings this week? Number Starting one. at the top. Started from the top. Now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with Wendell. Uh, Wendell's up, number probes? one. Wendell's number one. I like um, where he's sitting at. Obviously, he's on that really strong, physically strong tribe. Chris is kind of posi- positioning himself to be annoying Wendell. on the bottom. I know. So I like Wendell. He also won the challenge this week. Um, I've liked Wendell from the beginning. I was a little worried when he was stuck with Dom, but now that he and Dom are separate, you know, he's back on top. So I got Wendell yeah, at my you, number one. You might be surprised to hear that I also have Wendell number one. Nice. Uh, because he led his team to victory in that three-man challenge, despite leaving a bag behind at first. He just had a good look at on his tribe. People seemed to really like him, and he remembered to keep... Sebastian's dead conch shell or whatever and (laughs) that was pretty like a nice subtle positive Wendell moment I just gave him the uh highest points this week and he also was on original Navidi which doesn't hurt in this game yeah never hurts so number two on my rundown I got Sebastian because obviously Wendell and Sebastian are together and Wendell's number one Sebastian seems like a nice guy that everybody likes Again, he's on a strong winning tribe that I think realistically all five of them should make the merge. So yeah, number two, old Seabass. All right, number two, I want to talk about furniture. No, actually, Jenna's not going to make it on my (laughs) top three. (laughs) Number two, I am going to the losing tribe and pulling out Kellen because I'm realizing now that she has had a run over the last few weeks where she's been theoretically in constant danger but completely safe the entire time because bradley is so abrasive she's in a great spot as fishback also pointed out in his column where if those two can lead their alliance to the end he'll Mm -hmm. take all the heat at final tribal for being an asshole and (laughs) she can just swoop in and win for being there and holding things together as his right hand man basically because like the way she played angela turned out to be pretty brilliant too because she appealed to that abandonment and opened up the Navidi family to like let her back in like a mob boss or something, you know? <laughs> My only fear with her is that her emotion can get the best of her at times, mm-hmm. but her game to this point has been impressive enough that I have her number two. Okay, and I got her at number three. There's really not a whole lot to add to what you're saying. She is on the losing tribe, which is why I had her third and not second, but I she just she's leading... She's being 
strong. She's being the voice of reason. She has her emotional moments, like you're saying, but I feel like they generally come in her one-on-one interviews. You know, when she's around her tribe, she's poised and calm and collected. So yeah, Kellen, number three, two thumbs up. She's doing, she's doing great. Who you got your third? Third, I kind of have a pity point here because I just feel so terrible for Michael. The mm. fact that he's managed to survive and come out of it looking pretty good I just mm-hmm. wanted to put him in that third spot before I don't have the chance to. <laughs> yeah, I like that pick. I think he's definitely a strong candidate to come back because, you know, Jeff might say he if, was screwed because of the situation, not because yeah, if, of if, if, if he had gotten player. voted out this week, I would have never felt more strongly about someone needing to have a chance to return to the show. But fate is the homie. I was so sure that that was a Sebastian quote when I saw the episode title. It's <laughs> like I know. There's no way Sebastian is not the one who said that. But that's uh Desi, obviously. The game it has did. changed again, Ty. Probes love saying it. And we're headed towards whatever's next on Survivor Ghost Island. But uh yeah, I think that about covers it. Anything else you wanted to cover? Get no, into? nothing really. I made it through the top three, actually not doing one A, one B, one C. You know, I answered your question. And I love to do that. And but somebody <laughs> Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about this. I did want to you talk about, about this. You should have talked about this when we just ranked Kellen in the power rankings, but go ahead. I know. I, I was trying to transition, but I don't like to interrupt you because you sound smart when you talk, and I sound like a <laughs> like a baboon or something. I just let you dig your own grave. Keep doing it because one day I'll figure out how to not do that. Anyways, that was another moment. In uh, Tribal, one of my favorite moments was Jeff goes, well, it's a foregone conclusion. I have nothing else to talk about, so... Uh, out there in the real world, would you say you play or would you say you live your life with your head or with your heart? What do you follow? And everyone goes, oh, my head. James said my head. Everyone else said my heart. And Kellen goes, I'm not going to be in your system like I like to do with Taylor's top three. Kellen goes, I play with my gut because I think the gut is a combination of your head and your heart because your gut is emotional, but it's also analytical. So I just loved that moment that she was kind of sticking it to the man the way I try to stick it to Taylor every single week. Yes, she totally plays with her heart, no doubt. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. But I just love that she didn't want to be confined by, you know, her boss's (laughs) little (sighs) subcategories. All right, Ty. Well, we started out orange and purple, but everything's gone brown. (laughs) We're here at the end of uh, week five. Good season. Disappointing edit for me, but... I still feel great about the characters and where we're going. I think it's going to keep being an enjoyable season. Weirdly, I always talk about Idol Apocalypse. I almost missed that there was not even a threat of an idol. Weirdly, you know. Um, <laughs> I did not. But it was—I mean, it was okay. It was a good—it was a good episode. It was—it was nice. Uh, air quote blindside that happened, but I don't even think it was a blindside. Anyways, not to blindside you guys out there. If you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> Not to blindside is a good way to blindside. Exactly. Leave a rating. Tell some friends about it. Get some more listeners on here. Tweet at us. I'm pretty sure we'll respond because we like to interact with you guys. And if you have your thoughts on this episode or shouts to Ernest going, shout outs to Ernest, our number one podcast fan. Yeah. Leave those things. We'll respond. We like (laughs) interacting with you guys. Yeah, do it. So do that. You can find me at Tyler B. Commons. Go tell Ty he's an idiot. At Gaines Taylor, you're welcome to tell me I'm an idiot. We have a website, ontheislandpodcast.com, and I think that's all we got. 
We did that. We made it. We we did that? Started from the top. Now we here. <laughs> All right. He's been my buddy that was never my buddy, but he knows who I am and I've barely met him. Goodbye, Ty. Goodbye. Stay tuned for next week. Next week's going to be crazy. That's all I'm telling you guys. It's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. Next week's going to be wild. I forgot about that. Yeah. A lot to look forward to. I'll be very quiet during next week's episode, probably. Some would say silent. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everybody. Come back out to the island next time. Bye-bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.